Happy Easter, everyone. This is the most exciting time of the year where we come together to celebrate our Savior's most excellent day, a day when he rose from the dead to give us hope and to give us life. If you have your Bibles, open to Mark chapter 16. I want to preach a message entitled, Jesus, Stone Mover. When we think of a dark hour in our lives, what comes to mind? I imagine our thoughts would take us back to a certain time in our lives when we would have experienced a setback or perhaps a defeat in our lives. Perhaps it's a betrayal by people we trusted. And if we have not healed, then we can still feel the pain and the sting of that. The sting from a bitter divorce, the sting of a severed relationship. For others, it could be a sickness that's rob you of your strength. It's taking your youth, your ability to function the way you used to. And so the list could go on and on about suffering or dramatic experiences you may have had in those dark hours of your life. And so the response many times is we come to a conclusion that we're alone in this and that there's no possibility that anyone could understand our situation. But what if I was to tell you that the Bible is filled with people who know what it means to suffer a loss, who have experienced a betrayal and have endured suffering, See, Jesus, the Son of God, he knows what it means to experience dark hours in his life. And as he sees you and I, he knows exactly how we feel. And he understands. He gets us. He understands us. But more importantly, he wants us to know that he's a stone mover. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have a hope that many don't have. We have a risen Savior, a Savior that loves us and understands us. See, this evening, I want to encourage you, if you're facing disappointment or if you're finding yourself in a dark hour of your life, I want to impart some hope through God's Word. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Solomon bought spices, that they may come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? I want you to think for a moment because these are real people facing dark moments in their lives. And we find three women whose faith is still intact, while the faith of many is beginning to crumble because of the events of life. The reality of things is, unfortunately, many are going to start the race, but very few are going to finish the race. Not because God is not with us, but because as we face dark moments in our lives, it's going to cause many to become discouraged. Sometimes those dark moments will be on daily basis. 
Other times they're going to come out of nowhere like a cyclone without warning. And there are many who've come to believe that God has abandoned them, or worse, that the gospel is a fraud due to the behavior of others. What can we do to avoid falling in such a trap? We need to guard our hearts. But more importantly, we need to ask God to show us the kind of heart we must have so that we know how to pray for a change of heart. I want to look at different kinds of hearts this morning. Matthew 13, verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they didn't have much earth, and immediately sprung up because there was no depth of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The farmer is a preacher, a Christian, a child of God who shares the word of God with others. Now, before you and I came to know Jesus, someone shared Jesus with us. Someone told us about Jesus. The preacher then represents the farmer who went out and sowed seeds. The seed represents the word of God that was spoken to us. The soil represents the type of hearts that receive the seed of the word of God which tells us that there are three types of people in the world, and the condition of their hearts will determine whether the Word of God will be effective in their lives or not. Not because God doesn't have the power to help or deliver, but because God has made it so. He's left it up to us to what kind of heart we want to have. You see, God will never violate our will. How we respond in the condition of our hearts is truly up to us. I've always mentioned to people that the kingdom of God is all about choices and decisions and how we choose to respond, what kind of decisions we make after we hear the word of God will have a long-term effect in our lives. The Bible tells us that God is always faithful to send someone our way to try to impart hope in our lives. God sends the messenger to deliver the message, but God leaves it up to us how we choose to respond to that message. The farmer went out to sow seed. God sent the messenger, and the first seed fell by the wayside. This, however, because the one who heard didn't have to grasp, didn't have the ability to grasp what he heard, but it doesn't leave the person who walked away with excuse. But why? He couldn't grasp it. He couldn't understand it. How many of us, we've gotten hired at a company and we didn't understand many of the things that were trying to teach us? What did we do? Did we quit right there and there? I would say very few of us did. I remember getting hired by a local company and there were times when I felt like quitting because I couldn't understand all the things they were trying to impart into me. 
Did I quit? Did I walk away? Did I say this is too hard for me to grasp? No, on the contrary, I forced myself to get to know the things I didn't understand. Why? Because I needed that job to take care of my family. When someone hears the Word of God and they don't get it, it's their responsibility to get to know God and the plan He has for their lives. Because we are talking about eternity, beloved. We're talking about souls who are at stake here. The words that come from heaven, they are eternal and they give us eternal life. So to reject the Word of God is to reject the giver of eternal life. No one can then say, I don't get it. So God cannot hold me accountable because Jesus, the Son of God, He came to die in order to give us eternal life. Therefore, it's our obligation to try to understand what God has in store for our lives. And this is where the church and the preacher come in play. The preacher is the messenger, and the seed is the word of God, and the soil represents the hearts of individuals. Now, if someone walked up to you and said, hey, if you can solve this puzzle, I'll give you $10,000. Would you give up if you didn't get it at first? Or would you do everything in your power to try to figure it out? So then the message we hear is not so much whether we can have the ability to grasp it or not, as much as the kind of value the message has for us. And the message of salvation, beloved, comes from God. So even if we don't get it at first, it should have some value to us because the message comes from heaven. The problem then is not the message, but the kind of priorities that we have as individuals in our lives. If we feel that what we're doing is more important, if we feel that what we are involved in is more important than the message we're hearing, or if there are people in our lives that we'd rather impress than heed the message, then walking away will not have excuse, will not be excuse, because we weren't able to understand the message. I remember witnessing to one of my bosses many years ago, And his response to me was, man, you're good. You almost convinced me to become a Christian. And my heart sunk. I was saddened because he was not able to understand that what he was feeling was the love of God reaching out to him. What he was sensing was God knocking at the door of his heart. And his response was, I know what you're saying is true, but right now there are more important things in my life that I want to give my life to. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. When people make a choice to walk away because they didn't get it the first time or the second time or the third time, the wicked one, the devil, then comes and steals the good seed that was planted in their hearts. The message went forth. They felt God's love. They felt God's conviction. But because they ignored it, the enemy came and stole it from them. It's important that when we share the good news with someone, especially a loved one, that we pray for them that God would open their hearts and minds to the gospel. 
This takes me to the second soil where the seed fell, the stony heart. It may be hard to believe that there are believers who have stony hearts. These are hard to receive the word of God for a time. Folks who instead of living by faith, they lived and act upon their emotion on how they felt in the moment. I get concerned when a new believer, when I ask them, how are you doing? And the answer is always, I feel good. It makes me feel good when I come to church. I feel good when I read the Bible. I feel good when my family and friends, they notice the difference. I feel good. And what is wrong with that? What's wrong is that they're basing decisions on how they feel at the moment, beloved. And that is not how faith grows. You see, we may feel good today, but what if tomorrow we're feeling horrible? What if tomorrow others do not approve of our newfound faith? It worries me when a Christian arrives to a conclusion that because they don't sense God, or they don't feel God, they think that God is no longer with them or that God is absent. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to seek the presence of God. As believers, we all should. But just because we can no longer feel God, it doesn't mean that He's not there. If you're doing right and your heart is right, then God is there. I want to speak about a response of stony hearts. The Bible is clear that the Word of God was planted in hearts. But then the seed was stolen from them. This is someone who came to salvation, yet their salvation was taken, was stolen from them. How is that even possible? How can something so precious, so eternal, such as our faith, our salvation, be taken from us? Paul the Apostle said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, our faith was born from hearing the Word of God. And if our hearts are open, then our faith will continue to grow. But here's where the second group come in. They heard the message. They received it with joy. These were people who were touched by God. They were saved. They were changed by the power of God. But in time, they began to harden their hearts due to circumstances in their lives. Not because God didn't reveal himself to them, but through an willful act on their part, they harden their hearts to Jesus. Through time, they lost their ability to sense God dealing with them. The enemy came and robbed them of their faith and their desire to respond to God. Does that mean that they don't get another chance? Truth is that some, many will return to salvation, but there are also others who will step into eternity without God. Matthew 13, verse 5, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprung up because they had no death of earth. And the sun came up, it got scorched because they had no root, they withered away. What happened to these wonderful hearts? What could have caused these people to receive the gift of eternal life and then make a choice to walk away? Verse 20, But he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. 
See, circumstances, suffering, sickness, death of a loved one, a bitter divorce, betrayals, and the list can go on. These are the things that can cause stony hearts that once were open to receive the Word of God with joy. The Word of God, then, is clear. The folks have the ability to receive is their ability to retain the needs to concern us. In the kingdom of God, people who choose to do nothing with the knowledge they receive, they'll become distracted easily. Distracted by the problems of life, distracted by the trials, and soon they'll become discouraged and give up. When someone has a stony heart, it does not allow God to heal them. It does not allow God to mend their broken lives. Due to the bitterness, they've hardened their hearts. So when the temptation comes, when family or friends begin to oppose, they begin to fall apart because in time they up and quit and give up. Matthew 13 verse 20, the seed of the rocky soul represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. See, having a stony heart, beloved, is not something that we should aspire because a stony heart cannot apply the word of God into their lives. And soon it causes us to stumble. Why? Because we begin to refuse what God is saying is true. Or that God is not going to see us through. I want to speak lastly about moving stones for the faithful. Verse 23, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I would like to believe that this portion of Scripture applies to all who can hear the sound of my voice. Truth is, however, that this portion of Scripture will only apply to those who choose to know Jesus and choose to remain faithful to Jesus no matter what. In the Scriptures, we find a woman, and this woman was a prostitute. Her name was Mary Magdalene, and in her generation, she was the lowest of the lowest. If there was anyone who had faced rejection, it was her. If there was anyone who was hated by her entire community, it was her. If there was anyone who faced loneliness and isolation, she knew about it. And the only people who paid attention to her were the men who wanted to sleep with her. Then along comes Jesus. He reaches out to her and she responds and Jesus sets her free and she makes a choice to walk away from her old life. And just when things are looking good, just when things are looking great, Jesus, her Savior, is taken from her and nailed to a cross. And Mary watches as the Son of God dies right before her eyes. Yet in the face of impossibility, in the face of hopelessness, she chooses to remain faithful. She has no idea how she's going to make it through. She has no idea what she's supposed to do when she gets to the tomb. Yet her faith was intact. And she wants to do one more act of kindness towards a Savior who's done so much for her. She wants to do what's customary, which is to anoint the body and prepare it for burial. 
And as a sense of hopelessness tries to come over her, she begins to act wisely and she begins to seek her sisters in Christ. She doesn't venture alone. She links her heart with others who, like her, still love Jesus and are loyal to Jesus. See, beloved, it's important that when you find yourself in a dark hour, you seek like-minded people. There are many of God's people who isolate themselves and they find themselves in a dark hour. And they want to shut everybody out. And that's the worst thing that someone could do. See, Jesus is gone, but Mary Magdalene's faith still strong. She just asks questions like most of us. Who's going to move this stone for us? Mark 16, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Solomon, bought spices, that they may come and anoint him very early in the morning. On the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away this stone from the door of the tomb for us? You see, beloved, there's going to be times when we don't have answers to our dilemma. We don't have answers to our situation. But if we do what Mary did, God in time will move the stone away from us as well. You see, Mary did what was right. She refused to give up, even in the face of an impossible situation. And after Jesus showed up and appeared to Mary, he said to her, Go, tell my brothers, tell my disciples the good news. Mark 16, 9. But when she did that, they didn't believe her. What does that say to you and us? That many times we're going to be excited about what God is doing in our lives. And as we share that with others, they're not going to believe us. But that's okay. That is okay because Mary had the victory. While everyone is still mourning and weeping, she made a choice to be active in doing the will of God for her life. Listen, what we do is up to us. How we act is up to us. But we need not to worry about the decisions of others. We simply need to do what God is asking of us to do. And in time, He will move the stone in your life because Jesus is still in the business of moving stone because Jesus is a stone mover. I wonder if we can have every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to take a moment to minister to the unsaved. Maybe you find yourself in a dark hour in your life. Maybe you think there's no way out. Maybe you think that you reached the end of your rope and you're ready to call it quits. Listen, the answer is not by isolating yourself or moving away or trying to find another way out. Truth is that we take ourselves wherever we go. Moving into a new city will not be the answer. What we need is Jesus, the stone mover. And this morning, truth is that God brought you to listen to this message. And He extends an invitation to you.
And he says to you, and if you come to me, in no way will I cast you out. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burn I give you is light. That yoke that Jesus is speaking about, the yoke is his lordship over our lives. Many people think that following Jesus is about a bunch of rules and regulations, but following Jesus is about having a personal relationship with God. It's about surrendering our lives about laying our burdens down at the feet of Christ. And the yoke that Jesus offers us is His protection, His direction, and the hope that He desires to give us. Jesus is the light at the end of a dark tunnel. And the reason why He's able to do what He does is because He is a risen Savior. He has the ability to move stones that trip you, stones that crush your spirit. But he can only do that if you come to him and you acknowledge him as Lord over your life. I wonder this evening if you'd like to receive Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And if that is your desire, would you pray with me? But more than that, after you pray, make a choice to be loyal to Christ. Make a choice to commit yourself to Christ and to make a church a part of your life. To read the Word of God, to seek God in prayer, to seek like-minded people. Would you say this prayer with me? Say, Father God, I come before you and I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you rose from the death so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for taking my place on the cross, for paying my debt, a debt that I, there was no way that I could pay. Thank you for shedding your blood. I invite you into my life as my Lord and my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. If you're serious about following Jesus, get in touch with us. Go to our website and seek us out. I want to speak to God's people. When we think of dark hours, our thoughts immediately take us to experiences. But Jesus wants to let us know that he's a stone mover. That even in dark hours, he's able to remove the stones from our lives. Mayor Magdalene. The world considered her the worst of the worst. Yet Jesus was able to come into her life and transform her. But she went beyond the prey. She went and made a commitment to follow him. That even in her dark hour, she was loyal 
and faithful. And while the faith of many was crumbling, her faith was intact. She had questions like most of us do. But she waited for God to answer. We need to understand that there are many types of hearts. And the kind of heart we want is a heart that is receptive to hear and apply the Word of God in our lives. We need to understand that the heart we choose to have will not depend on our circumstances, but on the choices that we make on a daily basis. Many times we're going to have victories, and we are going to share those victories. Many times people will not believe the message. That's okay. Don't worry about what others will do or the decisions they will make. Let us focus on having a heart that is open to hear so that when the time comes and the need comes in our lives, Jesus is able to move the stone from our lives. We need to have a spirit like Mary Magdalene, a grateful spirit. We need to reject the stony heart. We need to reject the emotion that comes and brings discouragement, that brings hopelessness. And we need to seek like-minded people, like Mary Magdalene did. So when Jesus shows up, he has something to offer and something to give us. And our hearts will be able to retain it. Take a moment to pray. Right where you are. Talk to God. And ask Him to do a great work in your life. God bless. And happy Easter.